You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Aqua Tower was the tallest building ever built designed by a woman, which was me. But then I broke the record with the next tower, which was... um, the St. Regis Tower talking about. So, so yeah, now it's like, I guess, the top two tallest towers. But as you say, you know, what does that really actually mean? I think it just means that another barrier has, you know, gone down for, for women architects. That was Jeannie Gang, who has been breaking barriers for years as one of the most renowned architects of our day. Gang creates buildings that are not only beautiful, but also attuned to the needs of human beings and the environment. I'm Milan Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Jeannie Gang has collected almost too many honors to count. She's won a MacArthur Genius Grant. She's been on Time's 100 Most Influential list. And in 2016, Architectural Review named her Architect of the Year. She's the founder of Studio Gang, an architecture and urban design firm. And her work can be found everywhere from New York to Toronto, from Amsterdam to Paris. Listen and learn why Jeannie Gang is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. I'm speaking today with renowned architect Jeannie Gang, who's known for her unique, environmentally conscious designs. Jeannie, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much, Milan. I'm happy to be here. Fast Company said that your firm, uh, Studio Gang, 
is the go-to for environmentally conscious, architecturally adventurous designs. And you yourself have said that it's not just designing buildings that you're about, but about solving social problems. So what kind of problems are you trying to solve and how do you use architecture to do that? Well, what I mean by that, I think, is just that architecture really creates places and places for relationships to unfold. And so when you think about your favorite place that makes you very calm or makes you feel good or something, it's a place where you learn something that really meant a lot to you. It, it, It all took place in architecture or in this space. So architecture is kind of setting the stage for these relationships to unfold, and even in our urban spaces too. So when I think about designing space for people, I'm thinking about how to make the best setting for for positive relationships. And so, you know, and especially right now, there are a lot of conflicts and polarization. And so maybe architecture can help create places that ameliorate that, ease those relationships in all forms of our public life. Well, that sounds uh, really a welcoming thought, given how much of that we have in our public life today. Let's talk a little bit about some of your innovative work. You designed a new global terminal for Chicago's O'Hare Airport, and I'm sure many of our listeners, perhaps not during COVID time, but have spent enormous amounts of time at O'Hare. Now, I understand that hasn't opened yet, but it's a 2.2 million square foot building. And I I wonder if you could tell us how your design deals with hassles and the realities of air travel in the 21st century, not just polarization. (laughs) Right. Well, first of all, yeah, we're still in design on on the airport. And, you know, from the passenger perspective, the 20th century, we, we saw the earliest airports were all all about trying to evoke you know space the space age and flight and and then later airports were so much about shopping and i think it's really time to have an airport that's really about enjoying your experience while you are on the ground you know flying is really only a small fraction of the time you spend at the airport like you said and you know it really needs to be comfortable it has to be a, a sustainable and healthy space um trying to think from the passenger's perspective how to make it functional and hassle-free, but also really nice lighting and places that make people feel at ease. Um, I think, you know, as we move toward greener fuel for planes, and hopefully the sooner the better, we also want to make sure the airport is an airport that is sustainably built and with non-emitting materials, ideally carbon-free and those are really strong goals. You know, we really want to harvest solar energy and use as little fuel as possible going forward. I can't wait till it opens after hearing yeah. that. Well, you know, it just from the second point is really to think about, you know, the airport is no longer just about just flying. It is also a multimodal transit hub. And just like the old train stations you know, were and and now we will be adding more and more different types of transportation and connectivity through the airport. And finally, you know, it's not only for passengers, it's also a workplace. It's a workplace for thousands of people, in fact. And so it really needs to be designed to be a friendly workplace and a place that takes the concerns of people that go there every single day, day in, day out, into consideration. 
And it's become a workplace for so many passengers as well, because we spend so many hours catching up on our work while we're waiting for those flights. Yes, indeed. For sure. I've been I'm there. I've been there and I use it that way as well all the time. Well, let me ask you about another amazing creation, which is Aqua Tower in Chicago, 82-story mixed-use residential building. You know, looking at the photos, I just wish all of our listeners could see this photo because the building is so striking. It's rippling, curving, undulating. How would you describe it for those who can't see it? And of course, let me just ask you also, it's about more than how it looks, of course, because you're always thinking about that in your designs. What were you trying to achieve with Aqua Tower? Well, to describe the way it looks, I think I would say it gives the impression of water or strata in stone that's been maybe eroded by water or wind um, because every floor on the building has a continuous balcony that wraps around the building. And it it's really the edge of the balcony that you see gently curving in and out that gives it this look. And so over the 88 stories, while each floor plate is just very slightly different in plan, it gives you the sense of movement. And like you said, undulation. And it reminds me of a kind of these outcrop rocks around Lake Michigan, where, you know, the you can see the strata lines on them. And, and what the the difference in the shapes of the balconies has a functional effect in that it it helps break up the wind and makes the balconies comfortable for a longer period of the year. So you can use them longer. It's always very cold here in Chicago in winter, but but you can extend those shoulder seasons. Um, and then, you know, also just like thinking of them as a social place. A lot of times living in a high rise can be a little isolating. And we saw during the pandemic that people were using their balconies like crazy just to to go outside to see other people. And 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 this building allows you to use the balconies and and maybe see your neighbors obliquely when they are on their balcony about while still of course maintaining privacy for the, the home. And I think it's really just a more of a social way to, you know, experience living in the city as well as, you know, making it possible to get fresh air when, whenever you need it. Sounds wonderful. Is it far from the lake? Does it look at the lake? Yeah, it's right at the um, Lakeshore East, which is a, a group of new buildings that were developed on a former rail yard. And, and so, yeah, there's a mix of residential buildings. And we also just completed another building there, the St. Regis Tower in that same uh, community, all with lake views and, and the Chicago River views. Sounds wonderful. The tower is said to be the tallest building ever designed by a woman, which is quite a distinction. What does that distinction mean, if anything? And are women not supposed to build tall? <laughs> well, Aqua Tower was the tallest building ever built designed by a woman, which was me. But then I broke the record with the next tower, which was um, the St. Regis Tower I was just talking about. So, so yeah, now it's like, I guess, the top two tallest towers. Um, but um, as you say, you know, what does that really actually mean? And um, I think it just means that another barrier has, you know, gone down for, for women architects. And um, 
besides that, I'm more proud of the design itself than just, you know, like how tall it is or whatever. So, but um, I do think that it had been a realm that, that women architects were not, uh, didn't have access to. So I think hopefully that barrier is down and people can realize that um, any architect, good architect can design a good tall building. Well, we're glad you broke that barrier too. You know, speaking of barriers, you've criticized the architecture field for its lack of women as well as its lack of people of color. You wrote an essay on that topic, and then you took action to improve gender equality at your own firm. So tell us what you did uh, and what effect it's had, if any. Yeah, sure. It was really interesting because my firm has always been very equal in terms of numbers, men and women. And um, we saw that the UK came out with um, some reporting requirements for companies over 250 people. We are not over 250 people, but we, my CFO, who is a woman also uh, came to me and said, should we try to apply these and just check ourselves and see how we're doing in terms of pay equity? And and um, I said, yes, let's do that. And it, it was not that simple of a task because there's other things besides just pay that um, add up to the overall benefits. But we did uh, go through that exercise and we were surprised to find that there was a very small gap between the men and women in terms of um, their overall pay and benefits. Um, and not sure why, but we corrected that within, you know, one round of raises and and we were able now it's it's really just about a continuous monitoring because it does it can get out of whack um it depends on you know what you're hiring for and and uh, you know just the basic changes that happen every year in any firm but but i think it's really important to keep track of that as well as um diversity within the firm and i see them both um having a diverse staff as including women and people of diverse backgrounds as a huge benefit and advantage to my company um, because we have lots of different points of view and different ways of looking at things and that that brings you know invaluable information and talent into the into the office so I I think it's really a, a benefit to have that diversity but it's also something to be aware of that that these um, pay scales can get out of whack. And my point of bringing it forward was just to, you know, challenge my colleagues and I guess competitors to um, take this on as well and to analyze, you know, what they're paying people. Because at the time when that was uh, happening, there was a lot going on with um, the at Me Too movement and and um, difficult relations between genders at offices and in the industries and such. And for me, this was just one way that's very simple, that's very mathematical to just equal the playing field and make, you know, be clear that that's what you're doing. And and that's what I thought I could bring to that. Um, And it's, it's, it's just simple math. You know, you can, you can analyze it internally and solve it. Well, it's simple math, but it takes leadership. So bravo for you. Thank you. And and as you say, so well, a diversity does create innovation and it creates so many other um, positive outcomes uh, for any practice. 
Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know, I'd love to go back a bit, Jeannie, and just listening to, you know, I'm wondering, how did you become an architect? Um, Was there something in your childhood? Was there a pivotal moment? Was there something that made you say to yourself, that's what I want to do? Oh, it's it's so interesting because um, I was always, my father was a civil engineer, an engineer of, you know, roads and bridges. And um, we, we used to go all over the country with my family going to just go see the longest bridge. Or the, <laughs> I mean, and, um, and then um, my, my mother was um, a librarian and also this, um, a community organizer. And she really was involved with the social fabric of our town and everything. And she um, I, I think I got a little bit from both of them. And then my, it was just really my uh, creativity and artistic skills that and talents and love of, of drawing and making. Um, it just kind of combined all those things together because being an architect is really, you know, using some of your math skills, analytical and structures. And then you, you also are working with people and trying to understand how they use space and what's you know, kind of getting into their lifestyle and understanding them and, and making place that works for them. Um, and then it's really about the artistic, the medium of architecture allows you to be um, artistic and creative. And um, I just, I love what I do. I, I it just, I don't even think of it as a work. I, I just think of it as just, that's just what I do. That's, Every day I get up and I, I do that. 
Well, it and it comes out in in the way you're speaking to us because I can just hear that enthusiasm uh, about what you do. You know, I, I wonder too, though, uh, as rewarding as it is, what if any obstacles you confronted along the way in in realizing your dream to become an architect or when you started in the profession? Hmm. You know, I normally like. I always never focused on the obstacles. I was always focused on like the thing that um, the rewarding parts that I love, you know, but, but, uh, you know, now looking back, I could say I, there were moments where I could have been deterred. I suppose I, I'm a professor who said, you know, you shouldn't be an architect. Women shouldn't be architects, but I didn't listen to that. But anyway, they, he did in fact say that. Um, or now it's more of, um, you know, at the very highest level of competition. And I am competitive and thanks to my love of sports that I think I have that in me. But um, I do see that, you know, for certain types of clients, they have some difficulty in, in the, it's easier for them, let's say, to pick someone that looks like them. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is a little bit of an added challenge. But again, I mean, I'm so grateful for like the, the chances I've been given and the opportunities. And um, it's just, I just tend to focus more on, on that. Um, you know, it's just the, it makes me, it makes life easier to, to work, work without um, trying to think about the things that I didn't get. Well, it's such a great attitude for life, and I, I think illustrative of your wisdom in focusing on the positive. I wonder, too, about young women today coming into architecture. Are they, are they different? And if they are, how are they different? What are you seeing from when you started? Oh, yeah, I, I think that I'm so excited to see young women who are um, assertive and are asking for the things that they should or have every right to ask for in terms of responsibilities, in terms of pay, in terms of um, of the way that they are treated. And I, I am so happy to see that um, evolution as opposed to, um, you know, having things go unsaid. And, and I, I see that, I see strong leadership coming through uh, the ranks of architecture and yeah, I think it's going to be a very different place um, in the years to come. And do we see a lot more women coming into the field? Um, you know, we certainly see it in the law, in medicine. Is that true of architecture as well? You know what? It's been a long time since it's already been equal in graduate school between men and women. I mean, mm. my, my own class, I was uh, my class had more women than men at the Harvard Graduate School of Design um, in my my first year of graduate school, and so it's been a long time that it's been even. Um, the uneven part comes afterwards, and that has to do with these benefits. It has to do with um, you know how we as a profession value women in the profession, and I think that's the part that we really have to work on making sure women are promoted as they um, deserve 
and have leadership roles and and are able to uh, that we support the right amount of of leave for family issues for men and women you know i think it just architecture is just behind in that sense i see i think the big challenge now is really to uh make the uh the profession more open to people of color, people of diverse backgrounds. That's where we're lacking. And again, we still have to make sure that um, people coming in to the architecture workplace have um, have equity, have an equal footing. And maybe that means that it, you know, it's just so geared toward one type of person right now, <laughs> white man, that's kind of privileged. So it really, it just needs to be rethought in terms of how we welcome people in, how we support their getting, uh, their continuing their, um, their professional development and getting licensed. And, and those are the things that we need to really focus on going forward. Well said. Now, I can't believe how quickly this conversation has gone because it's truly been fascinating. So let me just uh, end with one question. Uh, we're living in a, perhaps a way to describe it is a difficult time. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, not always hopeful. And I, I wonder what gives you hope? Well, I, I think I get hope from always from seeing young people and how determined they are to help set the environment on the right track, how to help set um, to address equity. And, and there's just, there's a strong momentum right now in the young generation. And I'm so excited to see that that gives me hope. And, and I also um, really am excited about um, what's going on in science? I mean, when you think about how quickly we were able to um, develop a vaccine and get it out, there, there's just there's just a mm-hmm. lot of great work going on in that space. Um, and I do think that we will um, be able to d- develop technologies and um, ways of not just technologies, but but maybe even picking up on things that happened in the past of ways to build in a greener way with and really reduce our um, our carbon footprints in in building and there's just a lot happening in that space right now too including a lot more use of wood a lot of of um, development in trying to reduce the um, carbon emissions from concrete and all kinds of things happening so it's there's a lot to be hopeful for it, we just have to keep pushing to make it happen. Beautifully said, and and thank you for that. I mean, it's clear that your commitment and your social consciousness and environmental consciousness come through so clearly. Jeannie Gang, architect extraordinaire, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a a pleasure. Jeannie Gang's optimism is infectious. I'm so glad I had a chance to speak with her. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, sometimes the best way to overcome an obstacle is to ignore it altogether. When Jeannie Gang was in school, she had a professor tell her that women couldn't be architects. Rather than taking his advice to heart, 
she chose to focus instead on creating the career she wanted. Second, as we've heard before, diversity drives innovation. That's why it's so important to ensure that architecture and every other field makes room for women, for people of color, and for people from every background. Finally, let's salute the latest generation of women coming into the workforce. As Jeannie Gang has found, these young women are assertive and unafraid to get what they need, equal pay and an opportunity to do their best work. Tune in next week to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.